How come you're always helping everybody and getting paid back for well? That's the way I am, you know. I'm a little hard-headed. They say, Dusty Rhodes, how come you don't look like Ric Flair and have all them muscles and pretty body? Well, I like the nightlife just a little bit better than I like the damn gym, Jack. You understand? As long as I can get out and do it better than anybody, and as long as I make more money per night than any athlete in this country, and as long as I make a half a million dollars a year, I don't really give a damn what they think out there. Can you dig that? I hope you can. I hope you can. I hope you can. Lord, I hope you can. Welcome to the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast, Hyphen Nation. I'm the one, the only, fool enough to do it, host of your podcast, Kellen Conley, aka B Hyphen. What is going on? Happy to be here. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. When I say it's been a minute, it's because I'm recording this episode live. So when y'all hear this on Sunday, this is Hyphenation 207. So when y'all hear this on Sunday, this is previously recorded. I'm actually streaming right now on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash B underscore hyphen. So I haven't done this since 2020. That's how long it's been. Hold on, I gotta set the lighting. I didn't even do the lighting. Hold on. Sorry. I haven't done this since 2020. That's how long it's been since I've tried to stream Hyphenation Live. And and my, I used to have my old camera and the footage wasn't that good. And there was a couple episodes. I tried to stream with Marcus and with George and one time with Melisette and it didn't work out. But man, I'm a much better streamer now even though I don't do it very often. <laughs> I can at least say that. How is everybody doing today? I'm doing, I'm doing all right. This morning sucked. <laughs> it sucked. Sucked a lot. I made a I made a real short TikTok, whatever you want to call it, about it. Got an argument with Aaliyah. It was all my fault. I, I fell short as a father in that moment. But the day got better around lunchtime. Then I decided I was going to get some wings. Probably because Hollywood, who's been on the show before, DJ Hollywood, keeps posting all these wings. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go to Buffalo Wild Wings and get some wings that are good. They were fine. <laughs> they were fine. <sighs> they were takeout. I knew what I was getting, and I had to drive all the way home, so they weren't hot. And I, I digress. I had a few sips of something, nothing too serious. Watched Bob's Burgers. That was cool. Oh shoot! I, I didn't even. There's so many other people I gotta tell right now that I'm live on on Hyphen Nation. So part part of me, y'all, while I post these updates that I'm live right now. So let me go ahead and drop these links for the people so that they too will know how they can check out the Barack Obama approved, yeah, the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast, hyphen nation. Okay, there goes that one. And one time over here, do the same, let's just do this right here. Let's do that. 
so they can kind of see, get the gist of things. Uh, this is what happens when you haven't streamed in so long, and then you got to let people know. You just you just be forgetting stuff, man. So hold on, attach the snap. There we go. All right, and send it to the stories. It's out there in the universe. We did it. Okay, and I'm at a hundred percent, so I don't gonna worry about a charge. So man, huh. I, I'm like I said, I'm I'm doing all right, man. I, I'm I am doing okay. And I'm happy to be broadcasting live, happy to be doing the podcast again. It's only been two weeks. Hopefully, for those of you who's normally around listening to the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast, y'all enjoyed my the next part of my audio drama I did last time of Alias Investigations with Deadpool and Jessica Jones. And maybe you enjoyed that Batman review. It was a little janky, but I kind of cleaned it up in the edit. So maybe, maybe you went and checked out The Court of the Owls. Um, maybe you wouldn't check that out by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, that Batman trade that came out in 2012. Maybe you did, but we're here now. And before I go any further, y'all already know there's only one thing left to do. And that is the Morgan Sound Weather Report. It's been, it was absolutely gorgeous today. It got up to 73 today, which is crazy. March the 1st, 73. So... Right now, it's currently 66. It feels like 66, so it's still warm outside. Looks like there's going to be some thunderstorms around 11 p.m., though. And some steady showers that are going to dissipate around 3, come back around 6, and then we're going to go back to somewhat normal weather. And when I say normal, I, I mean, we're, we're looking at weather that's going to be in the 60s tomorrow. So, I don't know. I've watched the Puxatani Phil thing because for... Aaliyah's teacher wanted her to watch it live, so we watched it live on YouTube, and we watched that whole weird ceremony with Puxatani Phil, and literally they had him point at a scroll, and they picked it up, and they're like, six more weeks of winter, and it was it was a bunch of bull. <laughs> 100% it was a bunch of bull, I promise. So, but apparently there's, there's other groundhogs out there, like French Creek Freddy, I think he's in West Virginia, I believe, uh, and he did not see a shadow and said that uh, spring would be early spring. Maybe he was right, but we all know it's probably global warming. So what can you do, man? What what can you do? But we're here, and I'm, I'm so glad you're with me right now uh, in my, my beautiful Victory Jump Off Radio studio. Victory Jump Off Radio. Victory Jump Off Studios, whatever version this is. But uh, enough, enough talking, man. Let, let's go ahead and get to the heart of the episode. I said enough talking, like I'm not going to be talking this whole time. Sorry. First topic. So it was like, I don't know, late 2022. Maybe it was even earlier than that. Maybe it was like after summer, early fall, when I decided, man, I really should talk about some of my favorite basketball players on the podcast. And so I proceeded to do a long diatribe. Eh, it wasn't that long. Long segment about how much I love Grant Hill. And then I plan to follow that up and do other ones. I haven't touched any other basketball players since Grant Hill. And I wanted to come on here and talk about AI, Allen Iverson, because I've been wanting to do it for a minute. I even tweeted it not that long ago. I was watching somebody, uh, maybe it was the 2001 NBA All-Star game where he took over at the end, him and Stefan, and he won All-Star MVP. 
I, I felt like I was going to come on here and talk about AI. But then what happened was the other day I took a nap. And when I, when I go to sleep, take naps, I can go to sleep without the TV off, but I prefer the TV on. So I turned on YouTube and I searched the NBA Finals 2001, Lakers versus 76ers, game one. And let me tell you, I turned that thing on for maybe about two minutes. I got all snuggled up. I was tired. I slept like trash all last week. So I was way tired. And got all snuggled up, and then I was out. I was completely knocked out. So I think the game on YouTube, it was uh, um, it was from from NBA um what's the nba channel called dang nba network i think or is that the nfl network whatever the nba channel is called you can tell i don't have cable i took that and i played it but that's where the the game was from so it was good quality everything but i went to sleep so i woke up and i kept hearing somebody talking about kobe so i was like is this tagged on to the end of the um 76ers lakers game but it wasn't i had slept through the whole game soundly and then i'd woken up to the sound of this narrator talking about kobe and essentially it was this whole documentary is about like an hour and a half hour 40 minutes about kobe's most of kobe's career and so i'm watching it and they're talking about oh you know he decided he wanted to jump to the nba year after kevin garnett did it and I don't know if it mentioned anything about him not wanting to go to the Hornets or working out for the Celtics, but he got drafted by the Lakers. And so that's when I really started to wake up. So I started reliving all of these moments throughout Kobe's career. And then I was sitting here getting ready to come down here and I, I jotted down my notes real quick about what I thought I want to talk about. And I was like, man, you know what? Let me just go ahead and talk about Kobe because I did, me and Mark Robb did a whole episode about Kobe back in 2020 when him and Gianna and all those other unfortunate victims passed away on the, in the helicopter crash in February, 2020. So we did an episode dedicated to Kobe and looking back at his legacy and, and, you know, and dealing with the good and the bad and how tragic it was that he passed. And I honestly have not, I may have listened to it once. And that was like shortly after we did it. I've not went back to those, that episode, certain episodes. I, I cannot do. I cannot go back and listen to my George Floyd episode. I'm. It was too raw, too emotional. I was talking about every everything. Brianna. I, I was I was going in. I, I was in a state when I recorded that episode. I I I know it would not be good if I were to revisit that. So certain episodes, I I just. I, I'm not against listening to my sound of my voice. I love the sound of my voice. That's why I'm one of my most played artists on my last FM. <laughs> but some things are just too raw. So I, I've never went back to the Kobe episode. But I'm just going to take a... I, I just want to sit here and kind of talk about Kobe's career and, and my relationship to Kobe's career. Um, so every everything leading up to his his retirement, essentially. So... Kobe, Bryant, slam dunk, dry it. Mess with the Kobe, don't even try it. I think that's what the Sprite commercial said. It's on YouTube. Go look it up. So this Kobe kid, man. So not 96. Um, God, I was, thir- I was 13. And I keep hearing about this kid from this lower Marion. I had no idea what schools were good back then. 
I kept reading about him in USA Today sports section. It's Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant. He might declare for the NBA draft. And Kevin Garnett had done it, like I said, a year before, 1995. And he had had a decent rookie year. He was way skinnier than he ended up being throughout his career. He was on the bench for a lot of that first season. And I think later in the season they started him. Don't quote me. I know he was starting by the next year when the Timberwolves changed their uniforms and got those updated uniforms from the original ones they had when the franchise started. So, sorry, had to had to flip over. Oh, hey, what what's up? What's up, Melisette? What what what's up, BG? I, I didn't have my chat up. It says you're live, but there's nothing here. Is this a fever dream? Okay, I think I'm live now, Melisette. So if you're watching now, I'm sorry. And BG never apologized. Your voice is honey in my ears. Your voice is honey in my ears, BG. You you flatterer. So so sorry. <laughs> I heard about Kobe. And, you know, I, I didn't think much of it. Like, in the early, nobody had jumped to the NBA like that since, other than Kevin Garnett, since, like, Moses Malone, I think. So there was no real precedent for anybody really making that jump. So Kevin Garnett did it, and he was good. But then this Kobe kid, I kept hearing he was going to jump and reading about him in Slam, and he's, he's going to skip college and go to the NBA. And I didn't know anything about this kid. I knew he was bald head. He wore 33 um, in high school. And, and I, I, whatever, I was like, all right, whatever, we'll come in the league, and I guess he'll be fine, just like Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, Kevin Garnett is fine. Uh, at, at that time, after the 95-96 season, I would have said that Kevin Durant was fine. Shit. And I cussed. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Garnett was fine. So Kobe gets drafted by the Lakers. And so the draft was in June 96. The Lakers signed Shaq. Because free agency opened, I believe, back then, July 1st of 96. The Lakers stole Shaq from Orlando with all that money. And so they had landed Shaquille O'Neal, the premier center in the league. And on top of that, they had this, this, this wonderkin, Kobe Bryant, who they drafted straight out of high school, right? So I'm over here a Bulls fan. I mean, I'm over here celebrating our fourth championship. I'm 13, so it doesn't mean as much. <laughs> but... We just set the record, 72-10. and 10. I'm a Bulls fan, by the way. Uh, so I'm, I'm over here chilling. I'm like, yeah, I see the Lakers over there making moves, so it might be a little, little bit more difficult for us next year and, and, and all of that. So I anticipated that. But the Lakers, when they added Shaq, was kind of stacked because they had Nick Van Exel, one of my favorite point guards I've ever watched, Eddie Jones, who I, one of my favorite shooting guards who never gets enough credit. I was a huge Eddie Jones fan when he was on the Lakers and some of his heat run uh, and, and his Hornets run, to be honest. Um, and then they had Elton Campbell, who I never thought was like a premier um, player, but I mean, he always just gave people fits. Like even when I read the Jordan rules in 92, 93, whenever I got the paperback, the Elton Campbell was giving the Bulls fits back in 1991. And so he he was still formidable. And so and they were coached by Del Harris, which whenever who's no, no offense Del Harris, but nobody cares about you Del Harris. So it wasn't even a big deal like that where they had players but they had Shaq. So it was like and Shaq had literally just went to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Bulls. The Bulls swept them of course. It was like the revenge series for 95. I'm not getting into it, but now the Lakers had all all these pieces, including Shaq. So I, w- I was curious to see what was going to happen. So rookie season, Kobe starts out kind of slow, you know. Um, 
He's not He's not doing anything too crazy. He's not getting a lot of minutes. He's coming off the bench behind Eddie Jones. He's playing point guard a little bit for Van Axel, but he's just not getting a ton of time. Um, him and his uh, fellow rookie, Derek Fisher, you may have heard of him. So I didn't, Kobe didn't catch my eye for real, for real, until the, the, the Schick, the Schick rookie game, <laughs> which is when they would put the, um, all the rookies. This is before, was this rookie? Yeah, it was rookies versus sophomores. That's when it, what they did back then. So they put all the, put all the rookies versus sophomores. No, 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 I don't even think it was rookies versus sophomores then. I think it was just straight rookie game because it was just rookie. So I think they just took all the rookies, threw them on two teams, East versus West, and they just let them go at it. And while AI ended up winning MVP and showing out and wearing cornrows for what I believe is the first time um, in his NBA career, Kobe was just, a, like, he came out ready to make a point, man. Co Kobe came out, and he was ready to destroy everything in his path. He had some highlight dunks. He was hitting some threes. He he was making some incredible moves. Kobe showed me something that game. So I came out of that game. I was already like, oh man, like I, I think I'm a fan of Kobe Bryant now. And he had, and did he have shoe? Like he had his own shoe back then. So I'd already kind of checked for his Adidas shoes. And I was like, oh yeah, they're cool. You know, I don't know if I'll. Well, my, I I wasn't getting those shoes anyway because my dad's like they're too expensive. Um, you you don't need those. You're gonna have these good shoes, but they're not gonna be that kind of money shoe. Respect, Father, I understand. So, <laughs> but then later that night after Kobe showed out in the rookie game, he goes and wins the slam dunk competition. Now, his slam dunks weren't that exciting. He stole the East Bay Funk dunk from J.R. Ryder, Isaiah Ryder from 94, went through the legs and won it. it, it so it, his, his slam dunks weren't as iconic as, say, a Vince Carter or even what, my man Mac did a few weeks ago um, when he won it from Philly. But he, he kind of made the league take notice is what he had done. So after February, taking that momentum, Kobe started working his way into the rotation more. Excuse me, started working his way into the rotation and started just becoming a stronger player overall. Um, getting more confidence, hitting his jumpers, really contributing to the offense. And so towards the end of the season, there would be a lot of times where he was in the game during crunch time. And the Lakers, um, they, they, were, they were fine. I mean, they had a good season. They were going into the playoffs. I believe they got out of the first round because I think in the second round is when they faced the Utah Jazz. Also, F. Carl Malone and anybody who messes with him. I'm going to say that right now. He had a kid with a 13-year-old. We don't condone that on this side. Anyway, and he was in a, he was a grown, yeah, yeah, mm-mm, mm-mm. So Kobe infamously had those two air balls in the last, I believe it was the last game of the deciding game against the Jazz, where the Jazz won the series. And Kobe had the confidence, I watched the shots again on Sunday, and it wasn't even like Kobe was trying to have a moment or anything. Kobe literally just... He had gotten the good spots. He pulled up for shots he could make, and his legs weren't there, and so he airballed. That that is exactly what happened with Kobe, and so he got all kinds of crap about it, man. Like 
and in the media a little bit about why is Kobe Bryant taking the shot? Why isn't uh, Van Exel or Eddie Jones taking these shots? You know, and not to say that Van Exel or Eddie Jones were great clutch players, but to put all that on an 18-year-old kid at the time, that was a little wild. But he he had the shots, man. And and him, I always the 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 photo, the image of him and Shaq walking off the court together, where they are. Shaq is talking to him and has his arm around him. It really sh- it showed the beginning of their bond and why they were able to accomplish what they did together a few years later. So Kobe goes off the court that that night, out of the playoffs. Next year is the birth of the Kobe Fro. Okay, the little little baby Kobe Fro. So Kobe is still not starting yet because I don't think they had gotten rid of Eddie Jones yet. I don't think they did that until after the lockout in 99. So Kobe's still coming off the bench, but Kobe's averaging like 17 points a game now. Yeah. Yeah. And he he's really a key cog of the Lakers' attack. Also, shout out to the 1997 game between the Bulls and the Lakers um, where the Bulls were down most of the game in Chicago and then they came roaring back in the fourth quarter and then Randy Brown threw that dunk down over Eldon Campbell. Loved that game. Uh, I thought it could possibly be a finals preview. It didn't turn out to be. We got Carl Malone and the Utah Jazz. And I guess, I don't know. I guess we Stockton's out there spreading COVID lies, man. Woody Harrelson's telling, talking crazy about COVID on SNL. Eh. I don't know, man. I don't know who I can actually root for anymore. And I used to really like John Stockton, and then he did that. But then I was thinking about Woody Harrelson the other day. I was like, I mean, we're three years out of COVID. While he shouldn't be pushing misinformation, I mean, at the same time, it's Woody Harrelson. Everybody knows he's a pothead, so who's going to really take him too seriously? Apparently, the people in the Facebook comments did. Anyway, or Twitter, I'm sorry. Anyway, so Afro Kobe's born, and, you know, he gets he gets another shoe. Maybe this was the first year he had a shoe. I digress. You know, the Lakers are, are doing well, and there's some – I want to say uh, Shaq missed some time this year, but the, the Lakers are still doing well, and Kobe has a bigger role. And although I, my eyes were still, as far as new players in the league, all about Allen Iverson, I was also watching Kobe. I was, I really enjoyed young Kobe, man. I, I was like, I, he just, he was just exciting, man. He, he was able to get his shots off. He had a nice jumper. He uh, could play some defense. I've always been a fan of defense, considering I came up on those early Bulls team with Pippen and Jordan swarming like bloodhounds on the basketball. So I really did appreciate that about Kobe, that he was also on the defensive end. And he he was just starting to have a little bit of swagger to him and everything. There was no bald head anymore. And I just really appreciated a lot of what Kobe was bringing to the game. So the Lakers end up losing in the playoffs again. The the, Bull, the Bulls won the title again and had a, a repeat, three-peat, by the way. So I, it didn't bother me what, what happened with the Lakers. So the lockout happens. Jordan retires because he cuts his thumb open, but it, he was, retires anyway because they're breaking up the Bulls. There's a whole episode about um, about mm, about the Bulls documentary, which is escaping me. 
Wow. Whole episode about the Bulls documentary with Mark Robb and George and Mike Oste on there. It's somewhere in the 160s, I believe. You can check it out. It's called Jordan 98. We talk all about that documentary, The Last Dance. I got it. Ha ha. <laughs> so uh, they, they talk about The Last Dance, how they got broken up, everything. So Jordan retires. Pippen gets traded to Houston. And uh, Phil, Phil also retires. So the Bulls suck. And I don't really have a team. So I start following the 76ers in 99. And the 76ers were still struggling back then, but I, I just enjoyed watching AI. Um, so across the league, though, in a 50-game season, the Lakers don't have Eddie Jones anymore. So Kobe becomes the man, the shooting guard in L.A. And Kobe starts to fully form. This is phase one of Kobe's career right here. Uh, everything else was like, before before he started starting. So BS, before starting, and everything after is after starting, AS. Kobe starts scoring in bunches, in bunches. Now, I know, I think it was in his second year, actually, he had broken his hand and was out for a little bit. Um, but all of a sudden, man, Kobe becomes this lethal scorer, and I don't have anything against it, like, I, I like I said I was kind of following 76ers the Bulls are trash. I didn't feel any kind of way about the Lakers. So I I was okay with it. Um but the Lakers again lost in the playoffs. So 2000 99-2000 Phil comes in, he comes out of retirement, goes to coach the Lakers. Lakers make some more personnel changes. Now they got the triangle and now officially Kobe and Shaq are literally at the peak of their powers. So they go they proceed to dominate the league. I have no problem with this at all. My Bulls still suck. I was also in college and not paying as much attention to no. I was in my. I was paying attention to probably wrestling at this point because um, it was if it was two thousand. So I was all about my WWE and Nitro and everything like that, and you know dealing with being a sophomore in high school or a junior in high school. So I kind of paid attention a little bit, but but not too much. So Kobe and Shaq captured their first championship. Yay, Kobe and Shaq. I, I don't really care. No big deal. It's fine. The next year, though, they literally, I think they had a better record in the first year they were together. I think they won slightly less games the second year because Shaq had to work himself back into playing shape. But by the end of the year, they were just killing everybody. And then I was paying attention again, especially because Allen Iverson had had such a good year and he ended up winning an MVP. So, playoffs, the Lakers go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 11 straight wins in the playoffs without a loss. Now I'm hating. <laughs> now I'm hating. Because every time I turn on SportsCenter, Shaquille uh, O'Neal and Kobe Bryant of the Los Angeles Lakers, are like, oh, oh, not this again. Not this again. Really? That's all I heard about. And, and then and then surely, uh, uh, well, of course, the, the crowd would not be kind, Melisette, to Kobe in Boston. They they hated, they hated Kobe, man. <laughs> but the Boston crowds don't like anybody who's not their own, man. So that that does not does not surprise me. But also, Kobe relishes that stuff. He he loved to be hated, especially later in his career. So uh, Melisette had said, I saw Kobe play in Boston. The crowd was not kind. So, yeah, I, I could expect that. 
So, so yeah, I mean, 2001, they're, they're undefeated in the playoffs. And then Philly makes it to the finals. So I'm all in on cheering for Philly. And then the, the 76ers win game one. So I'm talking all the trash. I'm like, yo, AI is about to bust the, bust the Lakers behinds. They're going, they're going to lose in the finals to AI. Ha, 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 ha. Have a good night, too, Melissette. It's going to be awesome. I'm so excited about this. And then, gentlemen, sweet. So the Lakers lose. So Lakers win. 76ers lose. So I'm even madder at Kobe now. Because Kobe not only has two rings, but for sure now, after having three full years of starting and people starting to see his game and his work habits and everything like that, people start comparing him to Jordan. I'm going to tell you a secret. I don't like that. I didn't like that in my 20s. Well, I didn't like that when I was uh, that age and definitely not in my 20s. If you compared anybody to Mike, I was mad. Jordan was the pinnacle of my fandom at that time. I, I have since understood that he, he's, that he is one of my favorite, probably my favorite player to watch. Iverson is my favorite player of all time. And I, I have LeBron as my greatest player of all time. I'm going to do a list. I thought about it. I'm going to do a whole list about my 20 greatest players. It's coming, guys. Don't worry. So when they start saying, oh, he's like Jordan, he's like Jordan, he's like Jordan, I would just get so mad, man. It just, ugh, just grinded my gears. So the next year, I go to college for the first time. And I, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to NBA other than the fact that Jordan came out of retirement and went to the Wizards. But the Bulls still sucked. The 76ers regressed. And Kobe and Shaq won another championship, which was not cool at all. So here is the part where I definitely remember becoming a, a Kobe Bryant hater. It was 2000, it was two, either late 2002, early 2003. Me and Easy, me and Ed, watching Sports Center, and me and me and Wes's dorm room watching Sports Center, and they're showing Kobe highlights, Lakers highlights, and Kobe had had like six or seven straight forty-point games, mind you. Like Iverson did this too, um, and I can't remember what year he did, he ended up doing this in, but Iverson had done this before. So not only that was I feeling like it was cheaping because AI had done it. But then they're on Sports Center talking about Michael. And if and if he kept scoring these 40-point games in a row, he was going to break some Jordan record for the most consecutive 40-point games in a row or something. And I think he did it, don't quote me. And me and Ed were both like, oh, you know, F Kobe, F Kobe, man. He can't, because Ed's like me. He, he loves Jordan. He, he's always been a big Jordan fan. I don't know about the Bulls. He enjoyed the championships. But I was, I was the Bulls fan, and he was definitely a Jordan fan. So... He, he was mad, and I was mad too, man. Like, don't sit here and call this kid as good as Michael Jordan. Did y'all see what Michael Jordan did? He had only been out the league for three years, and every chance any sports reporter got, they're talking about how great Kobe Bryant is, how great Kobe Bryant is. And it just got so maddening. So, shout out to 2004, man. Shout out to my, to my man, Handsome Bane, Eric Greenlee's Detroit Pistons of 04. Shout out to Rasheed Wallace, Chauncey Billups, Ben Wallace, Tayshawn Prince, 
and Rip Hamilton. I got it. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you for knocking off the Lakers. I know they didn't win it in 03. Uh, the, the Spurs won in 03 after they beat them in the playoffs. But thank you, thank you, thank you for not only preventing Kobe and Shaq from winning another ring, even though that season was really interesting. I read the Phil Jackson book about it, and while I once said I wish there was more in-depth about it, I forgot that when I read Jordan Rules is by a sports reporter compared to Phil Jackson, who's a coach and literally was trying to remember things as he's going along for the actual uh, book, you know. Not only that, but the Pistons beat the Lakers. And I don't know if I just said that, but I kind of lost train of my thought. So the Pistons beat the Lakers. All was right in the world. The Lakers and Kobe and Shaq, most importantly, Kobe didn't get a ring. I have no problems with Shaq. I believe it was episode 99, somewhere around there, where I talked about Shaq and how I was disappointed that his career wasn't better, even though he had four rings, because I felt like winning wasn't as important to him as um, having fun, which isn't, there's nothing wrong with it. The man still won four rings, an MVP, and is considered one of the most dominant centers of all time. But I just felt like he could have done better. If he had applied himself more, who knows what else could have happened. And I feel like that's what Kobe's problem was, too. So after the Lakers lose, Kobe, uh, Phil, Phil leaves. Management chooses Kobe over Shaq. They trade uh, Shaq to the Heat. And so Kobe is all by himself in L.A. with a bunch of nobodies. No offense to anybody who played on those teams. But those teams were not good. And I loved it. Kobe was trying his damnedest and nothing was working. It was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. I loved it. But it only lasted for, what, a season before Phil came back? Phil and Kobe made up. He came back. And so Kobe's still out there trying to trying to do his thing out there without so much supporting cast. And they're they're getting they're getting back to the playoffs and stuff, but they're still losing, so I'm okay with that. But then Kobe keeps having these moments like that when he won he hit the game winner against the Suns. Or when he dropped 81 points on my birthday. Yeah, that was my birthday, which is crazy. And he only had like 24 points in the first half, I think is what they said on that video the other day, which is nuts. Like, wow, Kobe, okay. And like in the interviews and stuff, like before he was always that big smile kid, you know, that great smile and, you know, and he would always say the right things and he was perfectly media trained. Kobe started to shift a little bit. The losing was getting to him. Not to mention the sexual um the sexual assault case which got which got dismissed. That changed him a lot after 2004. After 2003, 2004, for sure. Um I I discussed that on the other Kobe episode. I don't condone it. I don't like it at all, but I do feel like Kobe spent a good chunk of his life following that, trying to amend his ways for what happened, whether he's convicted or not. So on one hand, I don't I don't absolve Kobe, Kofi. I don't absolve Kobe of whatever happened in Colorado, but at the same time, 
I'm able to look past it due to the work that he did to try to make himself better off the basketball court. So let me address that. So from there, Kobe wanted to be traded. I was at the old crib on Pennsylvania Avenue listening to um, ESPN Radio. I don't remember who was on, but it hit the radio that Kobe Bryant wanted to be traded. It might have been Mike and Mike. And they kept talking about Kobe Bryant wanted to be traded from the Lakers. And I'm like, oh, man, that's like nuts. Kobe actually asked for a trade. like, And like Kobe is like one of the biggest stars in the league. So back then when he was requesting a trade – superstars didn't get traded like that. Like the Shaq thing, we all knew that Kobe and Shaq were feuding for several years at this point. So one of them had to go. We get that. But they didn't just move superstars like that, especially of a Kobe Bryant caliber. Like I thought when Steve Francis and Tracy McGrady got traded for each other was a big deal. This is a whole different thing. This is literally like if a few weeks ago, if the Lakers had up and traded LeBron to the Celtics or something that that that's what it would have been if Kobe had been traded. They didn't trade him. They made some moves. They had already had Lamar Odom. And then of course y'all know the infamous trade where Memphis pretty much gave the Lakers Paul Gasol for nothing. They started being able to compete again. So by 2008, they're back in the finals and they lose to the Celtics. The, the big three of, Kevin Garnett, who I mentioned earlier several times, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce. So they lose. Kobe has now lost two finals. And I have to say, I was happy watching Kobe walk off that court a loser. But what stuck with me was the image of him walking through all that green and white confetti off of that court in Boston after they lost the finals. And he had this look on his face and he looked dejected. He looked he looked sad for sure. Like he didn't know what was going on. Well, I mean, he knew what was going on. He lost finals, but he he looked sad and disappointed, but he didn't look like he was broken. And that stuck with me. What up, doe loved ones? It is I, Brett the Hitman Hart. Welcome to the Rasslecast Power Hour. I am one-third of your World Podcast Tag Team Champions, B-Hyphen. I am your point guard. I am the one who passes the rock to Handsome Bane. And then Handsome Bane passes the rock over to the Mark Rob, showing mad love. Now let me explain to you why the Rasslecast is the best. We're not your run-of-the-mill wrestling show. We don't talk about news. Okay, sometimes we talk about news. We don't break down what happens on every segment, every single week. We're here for the love of professional wrestling. So when we, so when we have a new guest, we find out how they fell in love with professional wrestling. And then also, we have two other members. We have Ace Reporter, Kit Kat Kitteridge herself, Kat Chinetti, and then we have Microphone Fiend, novelist of the Swordcast. He comes and joins. She comes and joins. It's a great big party when all five of us are together. We call ourselves the Rasslecast Power Rangers. It's kind of a big deal. But seriously, enough of me talking. Go to your podcast listening device, Rasslecast Power Hour, five stars, follow. Make sure you don't miss any more episodes. 
And really, if you do, then I'll just send our secretaries after you. Sayonara, smelly nerds. So at this point, I'm still not messing with Kobe a whole lot. I'm kind of hearing about this Mamba mentality thing. People, he took the Black Mamba as his, his alias, and people start calling him that. And Kobe has, in the last couple years, like especially since Phil came back, and then really after he got Pow, he's just gotten more aggressive and angrier. And like literally, the man is a, a had turned into a monster on the court. So think like all the stories you hear about Jordan being such a fierce competitor and so determined. Kobe was doing that too, except Kobe had way more cameras on him and social media started. So there's more documentation of this side of Kobe versus the one side of Jordan where we got all the marketing and the commercials and be like Mike. And then you have this whole other side where everybody will stand by the fact that Michael Jordan is a giant dick. And he is. Kobe was like that on the court. And I was watching a video of um, Dominic Wilkins talking to somebody, saying that a lot of people don't give Kobe his credit. They always talk about Jordan and LeBron. It should be Jordan and, and Kobe because anybody who played against Jordan or Kobe know they wanted to cut your throat out there. And that is the thing that I thought LeBron was missing for years. And I talked about this in the LeBron versus Jordan episode way back when. Episode, it was probably episode 50, let's say it's 57, 59, maybe early 60s. So you all can go check that on the, in the archives. So Kobe literally just became this monster on the court. But then he had his family. Of course, he had his first daughter, Natalia. Then he had little, little, little Gianna. And the family would grow from there, of course. But whenever he was with Vanessa, even when they were having their problems, like, when he was out, like, doing photo shoots. Like, I remember he did that one photo shoot with the, the white outfit on, and it, it looked it was, looked very high fashion, but back then everybody's like, oh, Kobe looks gay AF. Because you could say that back then. Um, I, I mean, that's what everybody was saying. He was getting all this flack for wearing this outfit. And... Off the court, though, like, it was almost like he had found a way to turn off that competitiveness where he was able to open up himself to more interpersonal relationships. But on the court, Kobe wanted to kill you. So by the 2009 season, by the time the Lakers beat the Nuggets and got to the finals, and then Dwight Howard and the Orlando Magic robbed me of my... Cleveland Cavaliers versus L.A. Lakers NBA Finals. I wanted Kobe to win so bad. Kobe, Kobe, I was all in. Team Kobe, let's go. So Kobe won. Super happy for him. Like, yeah, that's what's up. And essentially, it was around this time that I realized I was hating on him for no reason because it had been long enough where Jordan hadn't been in the league and I could look at Kobe's body of work and respect him for what he had actually accomplished as a player um, even with the Jordan comparisons, he's just hella talented. It is what it is. From there, of course, they repeated against the Celtics. I love that. I even got a, a Lakers hat out of that. Angel had me, got me a Lakers hat because I was all about the Celtics that post, the Lakers that postseason. Um, and after that, man, I I just was constantly, I, I I finally let myself enjoy Kobe's the rest of Kobe's career. So 
of course, from there, you know, they didn't three-peat. And then he tore his Achilles, and then he had the knee injury. And um, then he, he, had, he scored 60 points <laughs> in his last game, man. I guess the Utah Jazz, and I watched that entire game, and then he retired, and he went off in the sunset, and then things ended the way they did. So my thing is I, I spend so much time hating because I'm such a natural hater, man, natural-born hater that I just want people to do bad. I'll say some horrendous shit. I'll say some horrendous things. I try not to cuss on here, guys. I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. I try not to say certain things about certain, certain people, but I was saying some wild stuff about the Super Bowl to a couple of the, um, to like Steve and, and Ed and, and Warren, let me see what I said. Uh, when was Super Bowl? Super Bowl was, yeah, right here. So I said, I just told Anthony and Angel, F the Chiefs, F their families. And then I said, I wish Pat Mahomes' mother never had sex. Hashtag top hater. And then I said, I may have thought to myself that I wish Travis Kelsey was stillborn. Hashtag top hater forever. This is how I am with sports and, and life in general. I've really tried to fight against it, but I'm a hater. I'm a hater by nature. There's a whole episode about that too. It's literally called Hater by Nature. I, I just can't help it. And when I don't like what I see, I just hate on it forever. I did this with Kobe from 2001 up until 2009. I did this with LeBron from 2004 up until 20... There? 2012. Until 2012. 20, after he won the finals against OKC, that's when I started lightening up and being able to enjoy their careers. I I did the same thing with Brady his whole career. I'd be like, oh, F Brady, F Brady. Brady sucks, blah, blah, blah. Tom Brady does not suck. He's won seven Super Bowls. There's a reason for that. Uh, F paid man, F paid man, and he was, he was in my division. But at the same time, it was because he was this highly talented quarterback and the Raiders had no quarterback. Same with Tom Brady. I'm a hater. And I've really tried to stop myself from hating on people. I wanted to do it with you. I was doing I did it with Chris Paul for years because I was a hater. And I would say, I think I've even said it on this podcast early on, I thought John Stockton was a better point guard than Chris Paul was before I gave up my Chris Paul hate, which didn't happen until he went to OKC. And I was like, Oh, look, he went there and made his teammates better around him, and he wasn't concerned about winning a ring and, and doing all these things, which I really thought was his plan when he left New Orleans was he wants to win a ring. He wants to win a ring. He wants to win a ring. That's all he cares about. And so I didn't want him to win a ring because I felt like he went out selfishly. But why didn't I feel the same way about Carmelo Anthony when he left Denver? I don't know. But also like Carmelo. I never really felt any kind of way about Chris Paul, so it was easier for me to be angry about her, about him. So it's easier for me to be mad at a player and hate them than appreciate their work. So I'm really trying to rectify that, and that's what I spent all my time doing with Kobe's whole career. So I say all that because Kobe was a beast, man. Kobe was a black mamba, and I know we all were ha like everybody lost their minds that LeBron won to beat the scoring record and. Everything like that. But if Kobe doesn't get hurt, Kobe would have the scoring record. And I, I LeBron would still be chasing it, probably. Probably LeBron would still be chasing it. 
but it, Kobe got hurt. Man. So once again, rest in peace, Kobe. And your body of work on the on in the NBA was fantastic, man. I am can officially say now that I'm a fan. Woo! This episode of Hyphen Nation is sponsored by the MarkRob.wordpress.com. That's T H E R O B. T H E M A R C R O B dot WordPress.com. Uh, my man Marcus writes all kinds of great paragraphs about all kinds of content that interests him. He has a vast variety of re of writings on there. Go check that out. And then always hyphen nation is brought to you by hyphen podcast group. Good podcast, good people, good people, good friends, good podcast, good people. I don't know what it is. The audio the Excellence of Audio Execution, hyphen podcast group. I need to change the tagline. I can't even say it. Hyphen podcast group.com. Next topic. Uh, let me let me do some recommendations real quick while I'm thinking about it. I have two. One's going to segue into the next topic. Um, I read this book, Black Cake, by Charlene Wilkerson. It is amazing. It is one of the best books I've ever read. This is actually a fiction book that I could see myself rereading, and I plan on purchasing it because I brought it from the library digitally. Fantastic book about the the lives that were led, the life that was led by a fantastic uh, uh, by one woman who left the the Caribbean, led this fantastic life with all kinds of extraordinary circumstances. She passes away. Her kids, who have not spoken to each other in years, come back together. Her daughter and her son. The daughter had a disagreement with the father a few years ago, and then she left. Never spoke to the family again for eight years. Couldn't come to his funeral. It's explained in the book. And then the brother, who stayed with the family, who's been dealing with all the arrangements and everything, they have to come back together and then have essentially these audio tapes that the mother recorded before she passed away, played to them over the course of the book. It's a fantastic book. Black Cake. Go borrow it. Go rent it. Rent it. Go borrow it from the library. Get it digitally like I did or go purchase it at your local bookstore. Got to recommend that. The other book I want to recommend, and then we're going to segue into the next segment, is actually going to be The Amazing Spider-Man Volume 1. I don't know what series this is there's been a lot of spider-man volume ones this one is called world without love and it's by zeb wells and john ramita jr i just finished reading that digitally and i loved it thought it was fantastic the best overall spider-man story i've read in years granted i haven't read Anything pretty much leading up since Grim Hunt ended, other than some sensei, other than some um, superior Spider Man, and then this. I haven't read the entire Amazing Spider Man run since I stopped collecting uh, all the books. But this was one of the better Spider Man books I've read in years, the best Spider Man trades I've read in years. So I had written down. Somewhere in here. Yeah. That Spider-Man isn't broken. Slash the problem for comics. Slash can't change ever. Okay. 
That, that's, that's literally what I wrote here. Now, when I wrote that, I had, I had read the first issue in this trade. And the first trade was cool. I'm sorry, the first issue was cool, but essentially, spoilers, something has happened to Peter since the last volume of Amazing Spider-Man, which I'm not up on. And nobody knows what it is, and never, nobody will talk to him. Everybody thinks he's a giant dick, essentially. Peter Parker done effed up. That's essentially what this whole issue is about. And so he lives in an apartment. There's a bill collector after him. Mary Jane won't talk to him. I know they had gotten back together at some point. Um, Randy Robertson's mad at him because he disappeared all this time. Aunt May's even mad at him. And Aunt May's never mad at him. And then the issue starts and it, it involves Tombstone and White Rabbit and Digger, if you remember him from uh, JMS's run back in the early 2000s. And I was like, oh, like an another stinking reboot. One of the reasons I, I got out of comic books, and I understand why comic books have to do that, is they have to reboot themselves every so often to to get sales to go up again. This is just a fact of life. They can't sit here and put out issue 593 of, I don't know, you know, all these other, uh, maybe let's just say 793 of, of Batman and then expect people to go scoop that up. Even if they say, oh, we got a new creative team. Like that's not going to move the needle anymore. It has to, like, they want number ones on the shelf in order to get more people to buy it. Cause it's a number one. Not necessarily for the value of the book, but because they want to sell the books. That 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 is how comic books are. So I've never liked this trend. I think DC's doing it again right now. If I recall, if I recall correctly, because I saw something about Superman having a secret identity again, and yeah, I think they're putting they're rebooting all their books again, which is crazy. I mean, I they just did. Because they did New 52, and then they did, um, yeah, the New 52 is when they relaunched the whole line. But then they did Rebirth, which kind of brought things kind of back to where it was before. And I guess they were going off of the Rebirth side. I'm so out of comics, man. But comic book companies, Marvel and DC mainly, have to keep relaunching their characters in order to keep sales up. I get it. But my complaint was why can't Peter Parker be happy, man? Like, why can't Peter be happy? Let, let me rap to you real quick, okay? When I first read, started reading Spider-Man, which is in the early 90s, he was married to a supermodel, Mary Jane Watson Parker. He had a job at the Daily Bugle. He was going taking classes at Empire State University so he could finish his degree. His Aunt May was fine, didn't know his secret identity. No, not a lot of people knew his secret identity besides the Fantastic Four and Daredevil and Mary Jane. So, and you know, he, he had a, he had a pretty, oh, and Venom. He had a pretty decent life. Like, yeah, he had to fight superhero or supervillains and stuff, but everything was going so smooth for Peter. And then when they shook up the status quo, they brought back his parents, which was the first shake. And then they took his parents away. They killed off his best friend, Harry Osborn. I did read the read issue recently where they killed Harry again because um, he came back during Brand New Day. Pr pretty fantastic stuff. 
pretty fantastic. Kudos to whoever wrote that book. I'm not going to look it up. But, you know, they they brought back his parents, took his parents away, killed Harry. Uh, Maximum Carnage happened in the middle of, uh, right after Harry died, so they didn't give him a break. And then they brought back his clone. So they kept shaking the status quo. But you know what? Even after the clone saga was said and done, even by 97, after three years, three long, 94, 95, 96, after four long years, when they finally ended the clone saga, hell, it might have been 98. The status quo was he's married to Mary Jane Watson Parker. He works at the Daily Bugle. He's going to school at the Empire State University when he feels like it. And his life is pretty good. That was the status quo. And, and then John Byrne came around. And he and they relaunched the Spider Books for the first time in history. And they did chapter one. And what did John Byrne do within the first ten issues, I want to say, of his run on Amazing Spider-Man? Blew Mary Jane up in a plane. Supposedly. It's okay. She got better. <laughs> and and also, Peter was dirt poor. Like, and he 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 was struggling again and all these things. And I, I, it, I was not happy about it. I didn't, I, I wasn't collecting regularly then anyway, but from what I was reading, I was like, I don't want to see Peter struggle like this. So when JMS came on the book and then Peter got his, got a new start as a science teacher and had his first job since the Daily Bugle, that was cool. And then JMS reconnected him and Mary Jane and they were still married. And then they, they, um, they got back together and then they were together for the rest of his run until Casada came and ruined everything. Again, the status quo was Peter Parker's happy with his wife, Mary Jane Watson Parker. They have their ups and downs. He is a superhero, but his life is good. And then they shook it all up and got him and Mary Jane broke up. And then brand new day happened and one more day happened. And they shook it all up and then they went from there. And then since then, Superior Spider-Man made his life better. They set Peter up for all these. He set Peter up for all these new opportunities where he actually owned his own business and he had money and he was doing well and he was using his brains and he was a better Spider-Man than him in almost every way other than facing Norman Osborn. But then, but then, they took all that away from him again. And now Zeb Wells has done it again. Again, I don't know where everything ended before. I think Zeb Wells is right before. Maybe it was Nick Spencer, but I don't understand why when people take over a Spider-Man book, now I understand you got to kind of write write to the story because you're not doing an outright reboot, but I just don't understand why they need him to be this miserable kid. I understand that y'all fell in love with Peter Parker when he was a 16, 15-year-old kid at Midtown High, got bit by a spider. Um, He was this, this nerdy loser um, he had to sacrifice going out with girls and spending time with Betty or even giving Liz the time of day because Liz had a crush on him because he had to be Spider-Man. It was always great power versus great responsibility and all this stuff, and that was what you love, and so that's what you want to recreate. He doesn't need that. He doesn't. What is wrong with your superhero being happy? Let the man be happy. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't have to be angst, 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 drama, 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 angst, 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 drama, 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 drama. It doesn't have to be that. But you know what? You feel like it doesn't sell books. 
if you tell good stories, even if you feel like rebooting the damn things every couple years to get the sales back up, if you tell good stories, you don't have to make Peter dirt dirt blah. You don't have to make Peter dirt poor and begging Aunt May for wheat cakes and everybody be pissed off at him. You don't have to do that. Just let the man live his life. Tell good stories. That's why I feel like you don't have to keep doing this. And it's also because you won't let people age. We don't want Peter to be so old that he's married. Oh my God. Peter got married in like what? I mean, he got married in 87, I believe, is when, when they got married for real. So he was, uh, Peter was like in his mid 20s when he got married. What's wrong with writing a, a mid 20 year old Spider Man? instead of constantly restarting him and taking away Mary Jane when they're together, like, what does that accomplish? Other than telling, ended up telling the same stories in different ways. Who's into that? And yes, I know there's millions of people out there who buy these comic books on a regular basis and read these comic books on a regular basis, including myself. But who wants that? Maybe it's me. I just want good stories about my favorite superhero. Why do we have to wreck his life every chance we get? And I need to write down angst drama. That, that, that's, that was pretty good. Angst drama, angst drama. Why do we have to ruin my man's life all the time? I, I just don't get it. I don't think it's needed. But with that said, second recommendation, World Without Love. The full trade, the full picture of Spider-Man versus Tombstone, it's really good. It tells a very good story. And they don't immediately cop to what's, what Peter did that was so terrible that everybody's mad at him. Even Johnny Johnny Storm's mad at him. And people are trying to talk to him. He's blowing him off. Like, Peter's such a nice guy. Peter is not a nice guy. Peter looks like he's a guy that has zero Fs left in this world, in this, in this trade. And I love it. I'm here for it. Because Peter Parker has been stepped on so much his entire life that regardless of what he did to get here, he deserves to give zero Fs and be and turn the other cheek a little bit, even towards his loved ones. He deserves that. He's earned it. So I'm all I'm all for it. So Zeb Wells and John Romita Jr. are telling a good story. I just don't know the why we had to go through. I just don't know what happened for us to get here and why Peter is so bad off. And I still don't think they revealed it yet because uh, I can download the the second trade now. I think the third one just came out, Hobgoblin. And, of course, there are a few um, there's issues that are coming out monthly for Amazing Spider-Man. So go check that out. You can be like me, borrow it digitally, or go pick it up digitally. Um, or you can go into your old brick-and-mortar bookstore and get your copy of World Without Love, The Amazing Spider-Man number one. The Amazing Spider-Man volume one, World Without Love. Amazing Spider-Man, World Without Love, Volume 1, whatever it's called, man. Just, just make sure it says you don't get the wrong number one. I mean, if you end up getting number one JMS, um, you're not going to be disappointed in that either. I, I love that book. That's when they introduced Ezekiel and Moreland and all that. But I digress. I digress. Huh. How we doing out there? Last topic is going to be our music selection. And our music selection of the night of this episode is actually a Neo album from 2007 called Because of You. Boy, I don't even think I had this on the list. 
Because let me see. Um, from the list I have here, I want to talk about the Becoming and 2020 Experience, Part 1 of 2. I want to talk about the documentary and and then also a little bit about Get Rich or Die Trying and Philadelphia Freeway, the Home Again, the new edition album. I talked about the Carnival. I got to do American Gangster episode about Jay-Z's American Gangster and um, Volume 1. I still got to come back to that. Um, and Godson, I want to talk about that and Future Sex Love Sound. So there's all kinds of albums I got written down to talk about. But while I was trimming down this this mustache up here, so I didn't look so crazy up top, I had um decided I was like, oh, I want to hear Neo Crazy. So I played Neo Crazy. And it's from that album. Now, I I know that some of the opinion that Jay-Z has bad guest verses. I will totally agree with you with the guest verse that's on here and on Umbrella. I think they're both trash. But with that said. Crazy is one of my, when I first heard that song, that's the second song on Because of You. I I was going through it in 2007, man. I, I was going through it. Um, Don't want to get too much into it because it's kind of personal, but your boy was going through a, a lot of stuff romantically in 2007. So... Because of You was already out. That was a title track, and I and I liked that song. I was like, oh, I really like how they, they kind of, they, they made this little pretty song, and I, I really do appreciate Because of You. That, that's cool. Crazy. The first lyrics Neo says, he goes, I wrote your name on my wall 3,000 times last night. You were on my mind. Except he says it way better, and I'm a little dry, so I couldn't even, I I got nothing. I can't even find the right note. I wrote your name on my wall three thousand times last night. You were on my mind. Ladies, gentlemen, non-binary gals and pals. Have you ever felt so strongly about someone that all you could do was think about them? Every waking minute of your day was thinking about this person in your mind. Whether it was reciprocated or not in that moment, it was just like, oh, I can't can't get them off my mind, can't get them off my mind. Neo summarized that entire feeling in that very first bar of that song. I wrote your name on my wall 3,000 times last night. You were on my mind. Wow. Wow. And it, it, talk about great songwriting. I know Neo did a lot of, has done a, long, a lot of songwriting in his career. He, he's no, he was known for his pen before he got his own solo deal with Def Jam. Um, and he was on Def Jam. But the whole arrangement on Crazy is absolutely beautiful and neo neo is a good singer he's not going to blow you away vocally but he knows where he knows where he's comfortable at and he will go in and stay at that spot and just do it so well that you can't help but listen to him that was that was neo's superpower especially on this album because his first album i enjoyed but this one i love front the Frickin' back. 
<laughs> I don't know where that accent came from. The next song was Can We Chill. It actually played after I played Crazy. And Can We Chill is a little bit more up-tempo from Crazy. But it, it's, again, it, it's literally, it carries over to feeling from Crazy. It's like, hey, can I just spend some time with you, man? Like, I just want to get to know you. If things happen, things happen. They don't have to happen. I just want to spend time with you. If things happen, though, I'm down. And the the way that he writes it, it, it literally is like he's writing directly to 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 a lady, or it, it could be flipped around to to whoever. Man, it, it's just a very relatable feeling that he's able to capture. It's an incredible ability that he has as a songwriter. Um, do you? Oh, this song made me so sad, man. Again, how many times after you're sitting there going crazy because you can't get them off your mind, how many times have you sat there wanting to know if they are even thinking of you anymore? Also, shout out to Mary J. Blige for a remix. Super dope. Super dope. Now, I can't remember Addicted without listening to it but I, I may mess with addicted too leaving tonight with jennifer hudson is cool it doesn't make or break me ain't thinking about you which is a more up-tempo song again and it's kind of like the retort to do you where it's like do you even think of me now it's like you know what i ain't thinking about you so i don't care if you think about me it's it's a nice balance sex with my ex <sighs> again a lot of people can relate to having some sex with their ex. So it is what it is. It is what it is. Now, the last couple songs, it's only a 12-song album. Um, Angel, I do like. Make It Work is good. Say It is probably his one misstep on the album because he's, he's kind of out of his register and he's trying to do a sexy song, like a sexy song. I guess song that I would throw on if, uh, you know, me and you were going to get comfy or something like that. No, but it's kind of one of those songs. And he doesn't quite nail it. So I can listen to it, but I'm not a huge fan. And then Go On Girl is how the album ends. And I've always liked this song because, again, it was it was kind of the perfect way to... To, fin to finish off the album. Because the album is called Because of You. So the whole theme of the album, obviously, is R&B singer. It's about love and, and breakups and, and new love and, and hooking up with your ex and all, all these different feelings. Because of how strong Neo's songwriting ability is and also because of how tight the album is only with only 12 tracks, the, the entire runtime is let me see how long this album is this album is only 49 minutes 57 seconds which is less than an hour you can enjoy this whole album and you go through the whole you go through some some things man he like neo neo made me feel a lot to this album so much so that when the third album he dropped came out it just it just wasn't the same because Maybe maybe it was the headspace I was in compared to the third when the third album came out, but that second album, it, it felt special because I I if if there had been an album that would have been tailor made for me at that time, because of you would have been it. So 
kudos to you, Neo, for Because of You. Um, still a favorite album of mine. And I wouldn't have even talked about it if I hadn't wanted to listen to Crazy while I was shaving earlier. So that is your, your musical selection for this episode. You've been listening to the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast, Hyphenation. Brought to you by the markrob.wordpress.com and hyphenpodcastgroup.com. Okay? Okay. I encourage you to go on your favorite podcast listening platform and follow Hyphenation by whatever means necessary. If you're on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, Give Hyphenation five stars. It lets more people know about the show. If you do that, that'd be real cool. But then also, if you leave a review, I'll read it right here on the show, good or bad. Even if you're like, I watched your live episode for an hour and a half, and that that whole episode was garbage, I'll read it. I I mean, I think I did pretty good for for um this long and and remembering to read the chat. I, I think I did all right. So. You need to be quiet and not be hating. That that's not nice. Don't hate on me like I hated on Kobe. That's not nice. God. Um, yeah, but if you leave five stars, it'll let more people know about the show. So I greatly appreciate that. If you can't find Hyphenation or any of the other great hyphen podcast group shows on your favorite podcast listening device, please take the time to go ahead and email me or contact me at any of the following places I'm about to list off b-hyphen at gmail.com b-h-y-p-h-e-n at gmail.com at b-hyphen on twitter the b-hyphen on instagram or hyphen universal on facebook or if you want to go the hyphen podcast group route you can do hyphen podcast group at gmail.com hyphen pie group on twitter hyphen podcast group on instagram or hyphen podcast group on facebook any of those will get you to me and then i will do my best to see about getting you your show on your favorite platform it shouldn't be hard to do i'm pretty good with technology just a little bit. Just saying. The power of positivity is real. Get that negativity out of your life. No matter what it may be, no matter what you have to do, you got to do you. No matter what. Always. Ch-ch-chia. Yeah, for, for real. All, all of that stuff. So, with that said, it's very important that you give people their roses while they're still here, man. Tell people how much they mean to you. Tell them, just just kind of, if they did something nice for you, tell them how much that meant to you. E- even in passing, it's like, yo, man, I, like, I, I really, I checked out this one thing that you did or, or I heard about this thing. And, you know, I thought, I think I was really cool. Even that little bit, that's all you need to do. Because you never know when it's your time to go, man. You never know when it's your time to go. So, Always be very careful. Also, R.I.P. Dave from De La Soul. Their music comes out in two days on on streaming, and, and Dave passed away. R.I.P. Dave. That, that's just nuts to me. R.I.P. Dave. Mm. You just never know, man. Dave was literally weeks away from seeing the whole Daylight catalog released on streaming finally after years of court battles with Tommy Boy, and now he's not here to see it. So make sure you tell people how much they mean to you while you're here. And with that said, call your mom, uh, uh, write your sister, uh, call your dad, hug your kids. 
Tell them how much they mean to you. Tell you. Tell them how proud of them you are. Hug your significant other. Call your grandmother. Send a telegram to your grandfather. Send your cousin a Facebook message. Send a text to your godfather. Stay in contact. Just just do it, man. Even if it's just real quick. Like, hey, man, I just want to tell you I'm thinking about you. That, that, that's it. I had up my man CFX before we went to go see Ant-Man. Like, before I was going to see Ant-Man, I was like, hey. I was like, you want to go see Ant-Man? You can't say no. And he didn't say no. He showed up. It was the first time I saw CFX in a couple years because he's, he's almost a doctor. He's almost a whole ass doctor. So, yeah, man, just just reach out and talk to people. It's it's so important. It makes a world of difference. It really does. And with that, I always like to say, try to have genuine good interactions with people because you never know what the next man or woman is going through. And your kind words could save their life or someone else's because you just never know. So try to be as good of a person to people as you can. I know sometimes it's hard, man. I was in a horrible mood this morning after I got in that fight with Aaliyah. But, you know, uh, I, I held it together. I was really trying. To, I just wanted to snap at people. I, I kind of woke up like that, so that kind of explains why I got to her like that. And I don't even know why. I have no idea why. But try to have genuine interactions with people. And when you fail, make sure you recognize your shortcomings because the Lord knows that uh, I, had to, I apologized to Aaliyah for how I was acting and you know, I, I just try to be more mindful next time. I just try to be more mindful. <sighs> so, that completes Hyphenation 207. I want to send a special shout out to everybody, and I do mean everybody, who either tuned into the stream for a little bit. I really appreciate that. If you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead and take the time to like the video, subscribe to the channel, Hyphen Universe. Hit the notification bell. You won't miss any uploads. Leave comments. We can talk about the episode in there. That would be real cool. So please do that. Tell a friend to tell a friend about hyphenation. Um, go to your water cooler at work. And, you know, if you have a water cooler, uh, make sure that you're you're waiting there for somebody to go by. I'm like, hey, hey, did you listen to the latest episode of hyphenation? I'll be like, oh, it's hyphenation. Then you, ha then you get the chance to be like, hyphenation is done by this guy named Kellen Conley. And he sits there and talks about, here's about music and then also about some nerd stuff like comic books or maybe about a little sports. And sometimes he does whole episodes about his mental health and how he's trying to get better and deal with that. And it's a really good podcast. You should check it out and give him five stars and let me know what you think. Just just go ahead and do it. It's cool. It's cool. I give you permission. I promise. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. I really do appreciate everybody who's listening to the sound of my voice right now. Each and every one of y'all to listen to the pod, listen, watch a video, watch a stream. You mean so much to me that you would take your time out of your day to spend whether the whole stream or a few minutes with me. It's very cool. I truly appreciate it. To anybody who might see this stream on Twitch, my Extra Life link is down below. I'm raising money for Extra Life 2023. I'm going to, my goal is $1,000 this year. I'm starting early. This is my first, I, I should have said it earlier, but the, the information is down there, and if y'all want to donate to the Extra Life, um, I just made a fancy link here. Let me see if I can't pull it up without ruining everything. Um, the link is um, bit.ly, so bit.ly slash hy-extralife2023. That is the link. So bit.ly bit.ly slash hy-extralife2023. I will put the link in the show notes. So y'all can donate to Extra Life. 
Uh, of course, all the money that I raise goes towards Dayview Children's Hospital. And what I'm trying to do this year is I'd really like to get my 24-hour streaming in before game day in November. And then I can just play games and raise more money. But then I can also not feel guilty when I get tired and I can just go to bed. So uh, th this technically would be an hour and a half of Extra Life, Tom. And hopefully if you if you get that link and you can go ahead and donate something today, that would be awesome. I really appreciate it. Like I said, it all goes towards um, Dayview Children's Hospital. And Extra Life is normally hooked up with Children's Miracle Network. But all of our proceeds go to the Children's Hospital here in Morgantown. So... Greatly appreciate it. I say all that to say this. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks, y'all. This is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained?